Something came from Baltimore, from Baltimore, Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Welcome to Something Came from Baltimore. I am your host, Tom Gauker, and I am so happy to host this show. We're coming out of that COVID coma and getting back to some type of normalcy. Uh, we don't know what it really looks like yet or what normal is going to be. We're going to get there and we're going to check out some live music again. And as a fan of live music, I want to share with you some of my concert going tips. My friends that know me well wonder, how do I get out of the house and see many shows? And I got the answers for them in this episode. I started to write down all my ideas and I am surprised that there are 30 bullet points that I want to share with you and I want to break them down to you into three sections. Hopefully, once you hear my tips in this podcast, even though you might not be a big music fan, you may consider following my advice and start checking out the shows because you want to support local artists and you want to feel connected to the community and you want to expose your children to different cultures. And you love doing things that are free. Okay, before we get into segment one, Something Came From Baltimore is basically an interview show where I get the honor to speak with musicians about their new records. And it's a good way to get in touch with the artists. And what's good about Something Came From Baltimore is every artist that I interviewed in the album that I interviewed, I totally 100% back. So it's it's been a gift that I'm able to share that with you, along with the fact that we're on Spotify. For some reason, I didn't think we were on Spotify, but we are. It's a game changer. So if you are a Spotify fan, please go on there and subscribe. For the series called Hey Baltimore, I reached out to 13 musicians from the Baltimore area, and I asked if they could share their live music with something came from Baltimore's audience. You're hearing artists all over the Baltimore area that are amazing and talented, and yeah, they sound great, and I, I hope that you have time maybe on a Saturday to listen to all the shows back to back because then you'll get to realize what really Baltimore has to offer. It's fun to see a Beyonce concert and it's an event and hopefully you'll remember that experience for the rest of your life. But if you're able to support your local musicians, the money that it cost a Beyonce concert could have gave you the opportunity to see 20 different local shows. Talent is in your backyard. Talent could be your son or daughter practicing their drums in the basement. Don't get confused by the big names on the marquee. Just because they're famous doesn't mean that they're going to really put on a great show. If you find this information valuable, and I hope you do, please pass it on to your friends. Seeing live music is a gift, and I want to share it with you. Segment one, you're thinking about going to a concert. The word is free. Seeing music for free is awesome and exciting. And it pulls you out of your comfort zone. Something that you may not pay money for, now that you get to see for free, will expand your horizons. The Man Music Center in Philadelphia is a great outdoor venue. The first time I sat on the lawn, it was to listen to Nancy Wilson. And I didn't know her well. That It was Lionel Hampton slash Nancy Wilson. But Lionel got sick, and then he passed away a couple of months later, and Nancy Wilson did the whole show. And I fell in love with Nancy Wilson, and I fell in love with the Man Music Center. I went online to find out if I could volunteer at the Man and return. You get to see free shows. 
So they brought me on, and I worked at, at the high donor tent for years. During intermission, I would, you know, just be friendly to the donors. And in return for my service, I got to see great shows. I went to see the Black Nativity at the Freedom Theater in Philadelphia. And after intermission, there was a full-blown gospel concert, and it really moved me. When the show was over, I went to the box office, and I volunteered for that show. And I was able to watch all of them, you know, until it ended. I saw Me and Mrs. Jones, which was really cool. It was a Gamble and Huff like musical and it had Lou Rawls in it and it was just only Philly sounds songs. The show never made it to Broadway, but it stayed in Philly for months and I went to the box office and became an usher for the rest of the show. I got to see the show for free. I love WXBN in Philadelphia and it's the home of Live of the World Cafe with David Dye. And David Dye, if you've never met him, is one of the best humans in the world. And uh, he's a music fan, and the show is based out of Philadelphia. And I had the opportunity to get closer to the show by volunteering for the station for seven years. And then finally, I was hired for a part-time gig there. I was able to pull CDs for our, the primetime host. I walked around, did walking tours, answered phones at fun drives. And in return, I was able to check out some great music for free. So for a little work... I get to see a show for free. Now, here's another idea. Around April or May, start to review your local county websites for updates on their summer concert series. Most counties will have a weekly or biweekly free concert in a county park. Uh, this includes free festivals, carnivals, fireworks. I would write down everything, all the free concerts, the dates and times, and locations, and I would put them on an Excel spreadsheet, and then... I would post the Excel spreadsheet on the kitchen refrigerator. You could delegate one of your children, you know, to compile this list. If you're willing to travel, you know, a couple counties, you'll never get bored during the summer. I saw King Sonny I Died, Boney James, Bobby Caldwell, In the Rain, Carla Bonoff, Belle Biv DeVoe, all artists that I would pay good money for, but I got to see for free, Under the Stars, budgeting your concert. This is a true story. I have a money market account where I pull $10 a week out of my checking account into a money market for concerts. There will be times that a Paul McCartney, the Stones, Taylor Swift, or Jay-Z will be coming to town and you just don't want to miss it, but you'll feel guilty paying that price. $10 a week equals $520 a year, more than enough to pay for two tickets for any of those shows. I'll bring this up later, but the sight lines to see an artist in a stadium is very small. Normally, you're watching the jumbo monitor anyways. Who cares if you're higher than other people? I watched Weezer and Pixies in Baltimore, Maryland in the nosebleeds. I paid $20 instead of overpaying 150 for a ticket to stand on the floor for three hours. I feel like I won. If you have a sense of adventure, why not blindly go to a concert? For example... The soundstage in Baltimore, Maryland is a fantastic place to see a concert. You feel like everyone's friends there. You feel safe. It's a great place to see a band. But they all feature five bands for $20. And you don't know what they sound like. I assume they're metal or local. And it really doesn't matter. You pay the price and then you get to sample five different bands. They play for 30 to 40 minutes tops, just enough time for you to get into them and really like their music or wish that they get off stage. And then you get to sample the next one. Anything can happen. 
A band member can jump off the stage or a mosh pit will develop. They may turn the audio off or turn the lights on to get the band off the stage. Anything can happen, and that's a part of the adventure. Back in the day, we would wait for the weekly update of local concert events when free magazines like the City Paper would hit the streets. The Sunday Paper would release the Arts and Entertainment section on Saturday, and you could look through those shows, and the Daily Paper may have a sentence or two that you just have to look for it in the entertainment section. And that was back in the day. Today, we have events in Facebook. I tell people all the time that they should go into the events tab in Facebook. Other than the Something Came From Baltimore page, the events tab is the best thing on that site. If you're doing aimless scrolling, you might as well give it a shot. Pre-COVID time period, I would run through events you know, a couple times a week and save events that I think I might be interested in. The only downside is that your friends can see what you're saving. I was living in Baltimore, and I was going up to Atlantic City to hang out with some friends. And I went into Facebook events and mapped out a street festival, a parade, a free concert in the park, a full day of events for free, all found on Facebook. The tab is called Events. Look for it and then thank me later. Okay, Groupon. There's an app called Groupon. I think most people are aware of Groupon coupons. But when it comes to concerts, Todd Recall Concerts for $13, Prince Tribute Concert in Silver Springs, Maryland for $8, Joan Jett and the Heartbreakers along with Heart for $15 at the Meriwether Post Pavilion, the Pixies and Weezer at the Civic Center in Baltimore for $20, and... One of my favorite bands that I interviewed here on the podcast is a world music supergroup, and it was at this Philadelphia city winery called Bucanti, $8. And I got a picture with Roosevelt Cullier, the slide guitar player of the group. I interviewed him for my podcast, and it was great to get a hold of him. I, I saw them in Philly less than a month before the shutdown, and it was amazing. Groupon will always have cheaper prices, period. And I don't know how it works or why it works. Chances are you're not close to the stage, but you can't beat the price. It's Groupon coupons, and this is a free ad for them. Okay, subscribe and bookmark your favorite venues. All concerts at the Peabody in Baltimore is free. John Hopkins has a cool jazz art series. The Rams Head in Annapolis has a couple of venues, and you should bookmark them and scroll through them once in a while. Subscribe to the email list. Sometimes the venues will give away tickets. When it comes to the power plant in Baltimore, I got free tickets to the Metallica Iron Maiden Tribute Band, Songs from Disney, Love the 90s with Biz Markie, and Pete Yorn and the Head and the Heart, along with a 3D Pink Floyd visuals where they played the whole Dark Side of the Moon. All for free. They sent me an email. I responded. I went to it. My name was on the list, and I went to the concert for free. When I speak about this next topic, excuse my venom. Um, It's under my tongue, and it is Ticketmaster. Or all these resale ticket places. They're all criminal and they're really disgusting. Just today, I heard that Genesis is coming to Philadelphia. It's December 2nd, 2021. I saw the Abacab tour at the Meriwether Post Pavilion in 1981. 
And I remember sitting on the hill and, you know, really loving the band. Um, so I know this is the last time they're probably going to tour. So I want to go to see the Genesis. I went to PhiladelphiaEventTickets.com, PhillyEventTicketCenter.com, Tickets on Sale, Vergo.com. They're already selling tickets before the tickets are even available. And at the lowest price, it's $302 for a mezzanine nosebleed location. All these resale sites, the concerts have not even gone on sale yet. Even Ticketmaster has resale. And if you don't pay attention, you'll be paying more for your tickets. They got me on the Janet Jackson concert. This is criminal. You know, think about it. Everything is online, so it's automated. So when you pay $15 to see a, a concert of KRS-One, it's the same automated ticket process that is going to produce the ticket for the $45 fee for the Taylor Swift concert. The automation process doesn't cost more. There's no godly way that you should pay $30 more for a Taylor Swift concert ticket. The process is still the same. If print at home or will call is free, then use those options. Do not pay additional money to have those tickets mailed to your house, especially when the mail is slow these days. Why not just cancel Ticketmaster out of your life? InstaCharge charges $1 for fee. It's just $1. So this is a suggestion. Buy the ticket from the venue's website. If you're going to Ranshead, Annapolis, make sure that you are buying your ticket on Ramshead Annapolis. Tickets will be on their site versus Ticketmaster or any resale. There's a savings there and there's no resale trolls. Physically go to the box office in advance of that location and buy the tickets, no fee. In Baltimore, there's only one Ticketmaster that's open like nine to five. You just walk up to it. I'm not aware of any others, and it's right in front of the Royal Farm Stadium. I have a friend that lives down the street, and his name's Mikey. I cash up him the money for a concert. He walks down the street to Ticketmaster booth and buys the ticket, no fee. Later, my friend Mikey got this idea, and he would charge $5 to go down to the booth. And he opened up a little business where all his friends and family would cash up him the money, along with the $5, and then he would go get the tickets. He made a little money, everyone was more happier, and it was a great deal. Okay, can we do more math? I did this in 2011. I told you uh, there's a lot of shame here. In 2011, I bought VIP tickets to see Paul McCartney. I actually thought that I would meet him and I was able to get a picture. I don't know why. I paid $1,500. Oof. Okay, so Paul's show is three hours long, and... He's singing all the time, and he's great. He's on stage that time. Trust me, it's an awesome show, especially if you're a Beatles Wings fan. So, But do the math. So he's on stage for 180 minutes of that concert, which equals $8 per minute. So a five-minute version of Band on the Run cost me $40. Pretty wild, right? Is it worth it? So I, I recommend... Don't do VIP packages. You'll be disappointed. I think if you've never done it before, you kind of expect, you know, something really special to happen, and it just kind of doesn't. So after I paid the $40 for the Paul McCartney 
Band on the Run song. I was given a swag bag of merchandise from the previous tour. I got to watch the sound check, but we had to stand behind the mixing board on the floor. So um, they're, they're, we're basically in the back of the stadium. Between songs, you can scream at Paul, and he may or may not answer you. It just felt a little weird. There were over 40 maniacs like me who are basically lived around the world who paid this money. And I was doing the math with a gentleman, more math, and we thought that he made an additional 60K just by doing his soundtrack and having people watch. He was going to do it anyways. The group was allowed two alcohol drinks and a vegan sandwich, and I remember it being a cold portobello mushroom sandwich, and we were allowed to buy tour shirts before anyone else. So for $1,500, I thought I would get a picture of Paul, and I felt like I've been had. Now I just have this weird story. I talked to the lady beside me, and she bought front row tickets for $500. She wasn't a VIP. That was a $1,000 savings. And I did go to a Steven Tyler, the Steven Tyler solo tour, where I paid $150 to just get, you know, inside the show. And I noticed that his VIP stood on the side of the stage during the whole show. I can only imagine what they paid. And the bottom line is I say to no, I say no, the VIP packages. Festivals, yes, blues, bluegrass, jazz. They're all a great way to see a lot of artists and spend the day and enjoy music and the community. Just be aware that you might need to get your tickets early. Festivals increase their prices closer to the event day. They're counting on impulse sales. Don't get fooled. Get your tickets early. If it sells out and you find that you can't go, you can resell them and make a small profit. Join communities. The Baltimore Blues Society is a wonderful group, wonderful people, and they attract amazing five-star blues artists around the world. Subscribe to their Facebook page, their website, volunteer. Altronette is from Baltimore. She is a dance diva from all times. Who knew when I was a little kid? Well, not a little kid, but I was in my early 20s and I was dancing on the dance floor that I actually get to meet Altranete. How cool is that? She's ranked number 11 of the best-selling dance artists of all time. She does these deep sugar house music dance parties every other month. Get your power disco nap. You know, go to bed and wake up around 11 o'clock and you can dance till dawn. It's like $15. The first Wednesday of every month, the Polish VFW turns into a free jazz clinic. It's filled with amazing local jazz artists. So join societies, join communities, and even if you don't go every month, don't you just want to be in the know? Don't you want to know these things? It seems like we covered a lot of topics so far. I just talk about one more thing, and we will do a recap on this section. We talked about creating a savings plan for concerts, $10 a week. That's $520 a year. Genesis nosebleeds are $300 apiece times two, plus the fees and parking, and you're way over your yearly budget. But for one night of fun, I'm sure they're going to put on a great show. I guarantee it, uh, even if, if uh, Peter Gabriel doesn't show up. And you have to rethink the rest of the year. Like, your budget's blown. Make an effort to see a show, even though you might not have heard the name before. Experiment. 
for the next month or so, something came from Baltimore. I'm, I'm bringing you live, local live talent from Baltimore area. After checking them out, you're going to Baltimore. It's pretty cool. And you can't believe that this talent is right here in Baltimore. They're charging $15 for a show. I wanted to do this series to get people thinking about going to live shows again. I, n I don't know what you're going to do with masks and gloves. That's not really what this is about. Bring them if you like. If it's time to come out and support the community, the arts, your neighbors, these people have amazing talent. Support the venues that are currently on life support. They need your body. They need your support. And you need to know that you're not afraid to go out again. And they really need money, but that was a given, right? There's talent in your neighborhood. And with a little research, you might be hanging out at your Polish VFW on a, on a first Wednesday of the month, hanging out with your neighbors, supporting the local arts. Alrighty, so I'm off my soapbox and I am onto the recap. This is section one, recap number one. Free is good. Number two, volunteer your customer service skills at a venue and trade them for free shows. Number three, in the springtime, create an Excel spreadsheet of your neighborhood counties. Track all the free summer concerts, all the free concerts in your local park area. Number four, budget $10 a week. Don't go in debt for your entertainment fund. Number five, experiment, have fun. Go to a, a five band for $20. Who cares about the genre? You just might like it. Number six, you must, you must check out events and Facebook on a regular basis. Number seven, subscribe to Groupon Coupon app. Thank me for it. And, and please, Groupon, please subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore. And please, Groupon, advertise on Something Came From Baltimore. Number eight, subscribe to local venues, websites, or Facebook pages. You might be on their guest list for free stuff. You never know. Number nine, Ticketmaster and all those resale venues are stealing your hard-earned money. Stay away from them at all costs. Number 10, if you can't resist a Ticketmaster show, find a walk-up center for Ticketmaster in your neighborhood. Or buy your tickets at the venue's box office in advance. Number 11, get your tickets early for festivals. Number 12, no VIP packages. They're ripoffs and you'll be disappointed. Number 13, join a community. Join the local blues society or jazz society or bluegrass society or country society. Number 14, stay away from pricey tickets. Don't blow your budget. Number 15, remember the big picture. You're supporting the community, the venue, the artist. You're supporting local artists whenever possible. So section one was a manifesto. It's complete. And I hope I inspired you to go out again and be a part of the community and help save local businesses. But most of all, these are tried and true tips that I've done in the past. They do work. And remember, free is good. Section two is called getting there. Don't let parking bring you down. In Silver Springs, Maryland, parking is free downtown after 6 p.m. In Baltimore, there's a parking garage in Little Italy for $3. You have to walk about five blocks, but you're downtown. You have to look for bargains in, like this in parking. 
and you don't have to do this research alone. This is an ongoing friends and family discussion you should have. Where do you go to park when you go to movies downtown? Is there street parking? Do you ever take public transportation? Do you find it easy? Parking is a drag, and like Ticketmaster fees, there are hidden costs that you don't think of when you make that choice to see a concert. Going down to see a concert in Washington, D.C. can be a problem. Driving can be a nightmare, and parking can be bad. 20 to $40, the Hamilton in D.C. is a great place to see a concert. It's beautiful. Great music lineups, great sight lines. It's just a really comfortable area. It's three blocks away from the White House, and the prices for parking around that area is crazy. You have to go on the Hamilton Concerts website, and they'll suggest one parking lot where you can get a discount. So you have to go up to the Hamilton's concierge area and get that parking ticket validated for savings. This is a big saving, so you have to do a little research, and you could bank the savings. Just to veer off the subject a little, I really like what Silver Springs, Maryland is doing. By having free parking at 6 p.m., you're welcoming visitors to a vibrant nightlife. And I'd like to see other large cities you know, follow suit. The bottom line is parking is a drag, but if you, if you want to shop or have people go to your restaurants in the evening, drop those prices. Okay, clothing. Try to dress comfortable and stylish is not necessary. The Hamilton in D.C. is a step up of business casual. And the 930 Club in D.C. just went to see Agnes Oval, and I love her. And the concert was very European. And they all wore black casual. Just remember, you got to stand for two hours, so you want to make sure your shoes are comfortable. I went to see the Capital Jazz Festival in Maryland, and on a Saturday... Isaac Hayes was going to be there, and it was a midday show. And I love Isaac Hayes, and this was after his stroke. And I knew it was going to rain, and I was able to bring an umbrella, but it really didn't matter. It was raining sideways, and it was crazy. And I thought that they were going to cancel his show, but it's out in the woods. you know. So it wasn't any thunder or lightning, and all of a sudden, the show's on. I stood out there in the rain with a whole bunch of people waiting for Isaac Hayes. And when he got on stage, he walked very slowly. Like it was the stroke, I thought, oh, really took a toll out of his body. And he got to his keyboard and he ripped through an amazing performance. I was soaked. It, it's a, a gift that I will never forget. I noticed that concerts is a part of dating world. Uh, you know, you go to the dinner and then the couple comes in late. The woman has her boobs up, high heels. The male is so focused on his date that um, he wants to make sure she's having a good time. And he also like bankrolled a lot of money. They're, they're focused on each other and the concert is the backdrop. It, it seems to me it's kind of a waste of time for your money. It's one or the other. If you have an early dating situation, a concert could be a test to see if you could deal with each other for two to three hours and if you're enjoying each other. It's funny. I would say to friends, I am always get it wrong when it comes to dressing. I always underdress like for the event. You know, I don't wear the right clothes, and I have that internal dialogue, and I beat myself up. 
One of the things I like to do is people watch, and I'll scan the floor and just watch what people are doing. And during that people watch, you know, when I'm scanning, I see what they're wearing, really nice clothes. They're perfectly put together, you know, the hair, the shoes, et cetera. And just being honest, I'll start to feel a little envious, maybe even beat myself up internally that I wasn't dressed properly or or I'm showing my lack of wealth. And I start to feel like I don't belong in the room. I feel overwhelmed and inadequate and small. I know it makes sound dramatic, but, you know, it's possible when you're at a concert, you can feel very vulnerable. You know, you can feel lost in a sea of large crowds. It, it does happen. Does it happen all the time? No. But while you're having that internal dialogue, you're also equating it with a concert. And you're like, oh, you know, going to concerts are terrible, you know, all these problems. But maybe it's what's going on inside your head, you know, while you're at a concert. You know, I remember going out of my comfort zone many times. I went to the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia and I went to see Sonny Rollins and uh, I'm going to see the Dells at the Dell East in Philadelphia. And I went to see Angelique Kijo for the first time at, at the World Cafe live stage. I'm traveling to musical places and seeing things that I've never seen or heard before in a different way. You know, I was born and raised in a small little town called Littlestown, PA. And I was exposed to it was minuscule, but my first concert was Hall & Oates at the Gettysburg College in 1979. Uh, we paid $12, and I was second row. Music gives you the ability to dream, and it shows you the world in a way that you could never dream. Some of the most exciting things about music is that dream. It, it's the world. It, jazz music is very similar. I watched Ornette Coleman, and it blew my mind, and I... I remember what I wore, and I tried to dress up. I thought I looked pretty good. So I went ahead and at the intermission, and my head was dizzy, and I was like, what the is going on here with this Ornette Coleman? <laughs> and I talked to someone that I knew, and he said, it doesn't matter. You just want to be here. You don't want to be anywhere else. And I relaxed, and I said, I don't need to understand everything. I just need to be here. So what is the message here I'm talking about is don't talk yourself out of an adventure. Don't worry about what you're wearing or what they're wearing or with what people look like. You're okay. You know, you're okay as is. You belong here. You might be talking yourself out of going to concerts and celebrating community and diversity in the world. Think about what's going on in your mind and what are these negative thoughts and write them down on your phone or notepad. Return to them later. Breathe, meditate, and try to clear your mind and be here now. Enjoy. This is an experience. So in the past, what people were wearing created an eternal shame spiral. You know, stay, staying in that place could create a lasting negative life experience instead of addressing the issues like I'm not worthy or adequate or lovable or feeling lonely in a crowd. I could label the concert as a bad thing, you know, like a bad concert experience and never attend them again instead you should be saying being in this crowd has brought up a lot of emotional feelings for me and i'm aware of it and i'll address it later also you're worthy and have every right to be here a concert a symphony a dance troupe 
a death metal concert, a gospel concert, you belong here. There's nothing wrong with you. Okay. Time to change the topic. It's meet up, invite friends, concert buddies, and going solo. I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who was said it, but so I'm paraphrasing here. Social media has changed the way that we socialize, and I think we can all agree with that. There are higher levels of isolation and depression now, and I don't have the percentage, but I think we can all agree that that is true. The big decline was creating time in advance to spend time together, and that's true. And you know, I just had a a time with a friend of mine yesterday, and in our texts, we give each other words, gentle words that we could cancel out if we had to. Um, is that necessary? And this is what I'm getting at. This The speaker is saying that we stopped planning in advance to take the time to spend time together. And this is a cause of our depression and isolation. When you get older, you don't play tennis together with your friends anymore, or you don't sit in your bedroom listen to music. Normally, you spend time going out with your friends eating at a restaurant or something. Did you notice that food is not as good as you remember now that, you know, COVID's passed and the prices? I kid you not. I just went to a Mexican restaurant for two people and we both got fajitas and the bill was $78 with tip and we didn't even get liquor. And I mean, you know that you could make that meal for $15 max for two people and have leftovers and have some better food quality. So maybe hanging out with food, if you're trying to be vegan or keto or you know whatever you're trying to do maybe food's not the option when you're connecting it with friends maybe a concert will be this is where we we train ourselves with other options i hang out with my friends we go to eat and catch up but what if we went to see concerts together what if we centered our time around something other than food so there are things that you need to think about you could use the meetup app to go to concerts with people and you could join that group to see concerts. There are social groups. So it's kind of built in that you would have to um, be very social while you're going to see the show. So just be aware of that. You can invite friends. And what I do is I invite five friends, let them know what I'm doing. And if they want to come along, that's great. I'd love to have them. If they don't want to in the group text, that's fine too. I'm going by myself. Concert buddies may not be your best friends. And you may not even see them on a regular basis. But you find that your friends and family are a little too needy and they might need your attention and pull away from a concert. Or you'll be codependent and worry that they're not having fun and you'll start to monitor their happiness. A concert buddy is similar to like a golfing buddy, right? They have a shared interest where you give that other person, the concert buddy, space to enjoy themselves and in return, they do the same for you. Go solo. Why not? I realize that I'm there to see a concert. It doesn't really matter that I'm standing beside someone I don't know. I remember going to see Steely Dan. I had to. It was the first time ever. And I knew no one wanted to go. And I had this religious, intimate relationship with Steely Dan. Uh, Really had to. I remember going to see Ryan Adams. He was doing an acoustic set for the Ashes and Fire tour. And I saw Paul McCartney four times. And I went all by myself each time I geeked out at all of these concerts and had wonderful memories and I really forgot that I went by myself until I started writing this it's not that important 
tank up, then come down at a concert. Drink your water. Okay, so I'm not a pot smoker. I may sound like one, but I get paranoid. You know, maybe there's gummies or something, but it didn't work for me in the past. And in the present, I would need like a weedologist to figure out like what is the right amount for me. It seems a little complicated. I was at work, you know, just a couple couple days ago, and I, I'm like an elder in this group, and some of the people that I manage are in their 20s. So they asked me about music all the time in concerts, and they asked me if the pot smoking at concerts was over the top in the 70s and 80s, I guess even in the 90s. And I said, no, and not, not really. In fact, people were afraid they were going to get busted and get taken away at the gate, and they did get taken away. They normally like did whatever they needed to do, and they left their stuff in the car. You'd go to a concert and maybe see one plume of smoke or smell a faint, you know, smell at a Cars concert. I remember going to a Cars concert, and you could smell pot, but it was that one person. You could see the smoke, and then you was very traumatic, very similar to the Wall movie, you know, where they're they're taking that person out in handcuffs. It's frightening. I love the Hamilton. Again, I talk about it. it's a great place to see a concert. It's in D.C. And and once I got a couple of beers in me, I was kind of, I kept going. I kind of do that. I remember I was sitting watching Shamika Copeland concert, and I would feel the buzz from my spine, and the alcohol was dancing in my brain, and the, it was a perfect level. I felt like I had the perfect buzz, period. And what I forgot to tell you is that I got kind of got carried away. A pitcher of beer is $22, and in this case, I had three pitchers of beer. I drank it all myself. I got some food, and then I had to tip the waiter. The whole bill turned out to be $125 for food and drinks. And what the moral is, tank up before you go to a concert. If you want to have that buzz, you know, you use the concert to calm down. Most outdoor venues let you bring in a, a bottle of water, and then you can fill it up at the water fountains during the show. Let water be your friend in a concert and save the cash. Now, if you're if you're using your concert money from your bank, from your budget, then if you want the $22 craft beer, I say go ahead. All right. Soapbox. Speaking of craft beer, I hate it. I'm a fan of Bud, Yingling, Rolling Rock, even Coors Light. I like beer that I already know. I hate going into a bar and only seeing craft beer and have no idea what it tastes like. And if you pick the wrong one, it sours your taste buds for the rest of the night. I remember chocolate beer, wheat beer, all gross. Uh, I stay away from craft beer. Stay till the end. Make a statement to everyone who goes with you. Let them know in advance that you're not going to have a conversation during the concert about leaving early. Now that everyone has a smartphone, they can play on it while you watch the show. I remember back in the day... I went to a concert and a man pulled out his TV guide. It was like a little book and he yellow marked all the shows he wanted to see during that week. I thought that was kind of funny. Yes, staying till the end allows all the people who want to get the jump and get out of there. I love seeing the Counting Crows, but I got a jump once and I was so proud of myself only to find out that they had another hour left in their set. They were playing all the good songs at the end and I had to go online the next day to find out that I missed all those songs. This leaving early thing, I have a problem with it. I was raised 
to leave early at every Phillies game, every Ravens game, every concert I attended. You must beat the crowd. You don't want to wait in line. Something snapped at me, and I realized that I had a lot of anxiety about leaving early. Uh, did you ever leave the Phillies and you started walking out into the parking lot and the crowd is cheering? And they they won't stop cheering. And you missed a big part of the game. I was watching the band War in Atlantic City, and I told my friends that I didn't care what happened that night. And all I wanted to listen to was Cisco Kid. And when I left early with them, I was stuck in the lobby between my friends in the show, and Cisco Kid was playing. And the crowd was lit. And, you know, I pay too much money for these concerts and sporting events. I want the whole experience. I'm staying till the end. Did you know you can call the venue ahead of time for their showtimes? As an usher, I can tell you that they're pretty accurate. Knowing when the headliner hits the stage and when they are going to end can really plan out your concert experience. Be a minority. I love the Dells. They were before my time, but I remember in the late 60s, they had this hit, Love is Blue, and they kept on playing it. Once in a while, I would hear it. I love the voice of lead singer Marvin Curtis Jr. Fast forward maybe 10 years after the movie of the Five Heartbeats, the bio picture of the Dells. I was into the Dells. There is a double CD box set of the Dells, and I loved every song. The love you had stays on my mind. Always together. Stay in your corner. Give your baby a standing ovation. I'm in love with the 1992 on the corner, the Dells box set. My pretending days are over. In Philadelphia, there's a small concert venue called the Dell East, and it features R&B, gospel, and smooth jazz. And on the opposite side of the city, there's an outside venue called the Man Music Center. And the Dell East is a smaller venue, and they call it the Black Man. The Dells are the headliners, Shy Lights are the openers, the, the Blue Notes are the second act, and well, I had to go. I went with George, who's 15 years older than me. He was kind of raised on that music, and he turned me on to these artists that I wasn't even aware of. Picking his brain about music was one of the best things about our friendship, and it lasts even till today. I told him I wanted to go see the Dells, and he agreed. It was later that I realized that he was more worried about taking me than I was. The Dells at the Dell East opened up a floodgate of shows that I would later attend. The OJs, Gladys Knight, Natalie Cole, Gerald Levert, Mary Mary. But it was the Dells that started it. And I was the only white person in the stands that night to see the Dells. George had to go to the bathroom, and I think he wanted to get some food too. And he was afraid to leave my side. But he did. He told me that the bathroom was on the other side from where we were sitting. It would take a couple minutes for him to get back. And I was totally fine. I'm not sure what he really thought if I would have shrunk into the chair or I'd have this white flight fit and have a panic attack. He told me he kept on checking on me. He could see see me from a distance. He said I was having a ball just chatting with the people around me. I'm not sure what we were talking about, but I do know we were talking about the Dells. One of the best shows ever. I already said, like, I, I came from a, a small town. I love Prince. I was the first in my town to get into him. He was... He wasn't that famous yet. It was the Dirty Mind controversy time period, and I knew all the words. He was my guy. Then 1999 came out, and I was right. Prince was everything, you know, everything I thought he would be and more. And the show of all shows was coming to the Baltimore Royal Farms Arena. It was Vanity Six, 
the time and prints, and I begged my parents to go. I might have been about 16, and I would have been able to drive to Baltimore and watch the show, and they said, no, you'll get murdered. I was crushed, but in the back of my head, I thought maybe I would get murdered. When I moved to Philly in 1992, it took me a year to calm down and realize that I was not going to get murdered. There was this fear that stuck inside my head that was placed there at a young age, and finally it went away, but I had to work on it. No one ever talked about white privilege in the 80s. In Philadelphia, you didn't go to the Del East if you were white, and, and you didn't go to the movies to see a Spike Lee film. You waited for it to be on VHS. Remember VHS? I don't want to feel weird in this world. I want to be a minority. I want to step out of my comfort zone. And if I had children, I'd love to bring them. I want them to experience that. I don't want them to go through what I did. Okay, change of subject. Something to think about. Casino concerts versus regular concerts. Casinos seem to you know, lock in some great artists. I saw Spyro Gyra, Hiroshima, Patti LaBelle, James Brown, The Smithereens, Benny King, and Sheena Easton at the casinos. But it was Natalie Cole that it made clear to me that casino concerts is convenient. It's easy to park, the hotel comps, etc. But it might not be as good. I noticed that the sets are smaller and the artist like Natalie Cole feeds off the audience. And if the audience is just burning off their comps and they're not emotionally committed to the artist, it's possibly that they'll leave after a couple songs, the music's too loud, they're frustrated that the cocktail server didn't serve them, they don't have enough comps on their, their cards, a whole litany of things. It was the snowfall on the Sahara tour, and I was in love with this album. I was in love with Natalie Cole. I went to the Caesars Casino in Atlantic City, and it was short, emotional set with old people just coming and going, and they could care less about the artist. I saw the same show in Philly at the Tower Theater, and it was filled with Natalie Cole loving fans who adored her every move, her every note, every story. It was the same show, but emotionally charged. She added more songs that only her fans would love. The bottom line, what kind of fan are you? A casual fan? You know, you might enjoy a casino show, but a devoted fan should stay away from them. Say yes to tribute bands. NXS, ACDC, Genesis, The Peter Gabriel Years, Metallica, Temple of the Dog, Iron Maiden, Queen, David Bowie, Talking Heads, James Brown, Prince, Michael Jackson, I say yes to tribute bands. If you want to pre-prep for a concert, check out YouTube. Maybe they have a live set that you could find out what kind of music that they're playing. Also, check out setlist.com, and you can see what they've been playing on that tour. I went to see Paul McCartney at Hershey Park, and I stood beside this guy who ended up being in my neighboring town. This is a shout-out to Jeff Wareheim from Hanover, Pennsylvania. He printed out the list from setlist.com that Paul McCartney would be playing. And during the show, we referred to it over and over during the concert. It really came in handy. So we're doing a recap. It's part two. Don't let parking bring you down. Bring the right clothes and, you know, just deal with it if it rains. Use meetup. Invite friends. Create a concert buddy or go solo. Tank up first, save your money, and then come down during the concert. Drink your water. Make a statement and stay till the end. Be a minority. Bring your children, expose them to the world. 
casino concerts versus non-casino concerts. Say yes to tribute bands and pre-prep on YouTube, setlist, and liveconcert.com. All right, so we're at part three, and this is called You're Going to the Concert. Here are some more tips. I'm, I think there's not that many compared to the other ones, but let's do it, okay? Don't eat food at the concert. We've been talking about going to see the concerts on the cheap, and with that premise, the food at the concert is normally low quality, really bad for you, and high priced. Think about what you can afford before attending the show. This one is important. Don't waste your time recording the show on your phone. The year was 2011, Philadelphia. John Legend was the opener, and the one and only, the band Chardet, was the headliner. My friend Al, shout out to Al, thought he would record the whole show on his phone, so he had it. We were real far away, and you could record off of the Jumbotron. He played it back after the show, and all you could is hear me screaming through the whole thing. It was Chardet, by the way. What else would I do? Instead of be here now throughout the whole show, he thought he was creating like a visual like component that he would listen to over and over. And guess what? A DVD and a CD of that show was released in perfect high fidelity quality. And guess who bought it? Me. So you can go on YouTube and you can see concert footage. Someone took the time to make a better copy than you ever would. Let them do the work. You enjoy the show. Don't rush the stage. Okay, back in the day, the 930 Club in D.C. was really funky and small. So we're talking about 1989. Living Color was playing. It was my friend Tom Bauman, and we wanted to get to the front row, and I realized the best way to get in the front row was to act crazy. So the Nina Hagen version of White Punk's Old Dope was playing, before the show, and I decided to scream the lyrics out and bang an, an empty beer bottle on my head. And people thought I was crazy, and it worked. I was in the front row. When the band played, it was like a vacuum of space, and we were crushed at the front. Corey Glover is the lead singer of Living Color, and he used to wear those running shorts with those big uh, braids, and he'd flick them around. He used my head as a prop basically through the, the whole show, and he held my head as he leaned into the audience. It was 1989. It was awesome. Fast forward, though, that was a different time with a small venue. Los Lobos, Tears for Fears, Catherine Edwards, Todd Recall, Poi Dog Pondering. The urge to get close as possible, it's, you know, you just want to do it. But the sound wasn't mixed for the front row. The sound was mixed for the back of the concert hall. Walk up and get a close-up picture. But then go back to the, the back and enjoy the show. It's going to be less crowded and the audio will be perfect. Legacy artist is like a name for people who stood the test of time. You have to remember when you see a legacy artist, they, they may not look like what they used to or they might not sound the way they, you remember them. These artists have been famous for the last 40 or 50 years and you can't expect them to sound the same way. But we, we in our minds, we do. We go back to that place. I saw Ray Charles expecting that man from the 60s, and he was way past his 60s. James Brown, he was barely on stage, and the same for George Clinton. The voice was not the same for Mick Jagger, Elton John, Paul McCartney, Paul Simon, Van Morrison. Just remember, you're paying big money to see your childhood favorites, and that time may have passed. For the record, 
you know, Smokey Robinson, Gladys Knight, Mavis Staples, Candy Staten, Benny King all blew me away with their voices. And what can I say? Some of them have it and some of them don't. But buyer beware, you might want to check out a couple of recent YouTube live videos to see if you can deal with it. We're coming up to the close of this episode, and I hope that I motivated you to get excited about seeing concerts. And if it wasn't your thing, maybe I gave you a couple tips, and you might just give it a try. Two more pointers, and I'll close up this chapter of Something Came From Baltimore. Be a geek. Yeah, just be a geek. Dance, clap, and participate. Dance like no one is watching. Clap because you're happy. You want to show your appreciation of the band and participate. There are some scary videos of me dancing at concerts. They're out there if you ever wanted to frame me. Remember Beverly Hills Cop 2? The year was 1984. I pulled this out. Okay, It's a freewheeling Detroit cop, Eddie Murphy, pursuing a murder investigation, finding himself dealing with the very different cultures of Beverly Hills. Now, I worked at the Gettysburg Movie Theater, and we played this movie for two months during the summer, and I and I can't believe this movie it has a 7.3 rating out of 10. I just don't remember it being a good movie. But after seeing it over and over, I knew where the jokes were in the movie. Only two or three people in the movie theater, no one laughed at the jokes. A full house, the place was roaring with laughter at the right times, at the right moments. It was then that I realized that people feel more comfortable to express themselves when they're in big groups. I don't have this big philosophical connection on reason or explanation, but at this time, the COVID coma is going to break and you have that opportunity to see shows again. Don't be afraid of the big crowds. Embrace it. Dance, clap, and participate. Okay, so this was really like a long one, but I hope that I motivated you to see concerts. I hope that I gave you some great tips on how you can enjoy concerts and save money on the side. You know I'll be out there, and I can't wait to see you. This is Something Came From Baltimore, my first talking-only episode. Wow. I want you to subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore and pass it to others. This is a labor of love. Um, we're doing well, but we could do better. Uh, please pass it around to your friends and family and ask them to subscribe. We are on Spotify. Didn't think we were, but we are. So it's time to be a part of that Be More Music scene. Thank you for listening. Something came from Baltimore.